0: Can I bid you all a very warm welcome to our harvest service this morning, part of our church weekend. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Special welcome to the 5th, 10th Scouts from Horsham, the Bennett's Road Trip. Delighted you can join us this morning. We live in an amazing world and the more we find out about it, the more amazing it appears. There's still so much we don't know, there's still so much we don't understand When we see something beautiful in the world, it makes us stop, it stirs our hearts to wonder, and some of us, it enables us to praise God, the one who made all of this. Today, we pause and wonder and worship God, the creator of the world. Stand and sing, who can know the mind of our creator? We stand before you. You are the creator of our world. You are the saviour of our souls. You are the guardian of our hearts. You made us and we belong to you. And in our belonging we find faith, faith to live our lives, faith to celebrate your goodness, faith to put our trust in your faithfulness to us. Thank you. Amen. Please be seated. And Brian's going to bring us a reading from Psalm 104, which has visuals on the screen.
1: Praise the Lord, O my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. You make springs, pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for the people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human heart, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests, the stalk has its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats, the crags are a refuge for the hyrax. He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. Then people go out to their work, to their labour, until evening. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you formed, to frolic to fro there.
0: Bless you, Brian. Thank you. Look at the world. The choir spent some time yesterday doing a, a kind of scratch rehearsal of singing, butters, look at the world, and we're going <laughs> to sing that with you now. Thank <laughs> you.
2: And I'd love to hear from you, and especially from some of the children, what are some of the things that you love about God's world? And hopefully that question might come up on the screen as well. What are some of the things you love about God's world? Yeah. Very so sad, wasn't it? We could be thankful that we did have the queen, that's right. Any any other thoughts about things that we love about living in God's world? What are some of the amazing things about it? Anyone got any thoughts?
3: Flowers.
2: Flowers. Yeah, I love flowers. Crashing waves. Anyone a, Crashing waves, yeah, amazing. Very powerful. Anything else? Definitely doesn't have to be children. Food! Yeah. <laughs> It's very specific. But <laughs> yeah. What was that, three? A starry night. A starry night. Yeah, it reminds you of the size of the universe. Absolutely. Well, on the next slide, um, I've just put um, some of the things that I love um, about the world. Flowers have been mentioned. Um, I like going on beautiful walks. I like the waves and the seaside, just you know, mm. reminders of, of God's. Beauty and majesty, and the uh, the, the one on the, the bottom right, hands joined together, just um, was about relationships. You know, I love the fact that we can live in relationship, and that's how God has designed us. So yeah, some lovely suggestions. Thank you. So what we're going to do now is we're just going to spend a couple of minutes, if, if you'd like to, um, writing a short prayer um, at the front here, um, thanking God for something that you love. About his world, there are strips of paper and pens at the front here. So we'd love to have the children come up, and anyone else who would like to just write a short prayer, saying thank you to God for something we love about His world, and then we will make those into a paper chain. So if you're if you're feeling like you'd like to come up and write a short prayer, then now would be your moment. Come on up, then. That would be brilliant. Thank you. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right, that's, yeah, that's, that's great. Well, it's not great, but that's really good suggestion. People, war and people's houses um, being destroyed and them having to go and live somewhere else. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Climate change. Climate change absolutely. That's something we're going to be thinking about a lot in this service. Yeah. Natural disasters. Natural disasters, yeah. Things like earthquakes and storms, yeah. The Russia and Ukraine war. Yeah, that's right. Lots of lots of different things that aren't so wonderful about the world, and lots of ways in which we've damaged it. And on the next slide, there's just a couple of things that I thought of. So, um, climate change uh, is kind of what was meant by the one on the bottom right, pollution. Um, and then on the top, we've got um, deforestation, trees being cut down. And then um, on the left, something I'm sure we're all very familiar with: um, plastic pollution. Seeing lots of plastic um, being left in rivers and, and on the land and that kind of thing and we're going to think about more about that uh, later in the service as well but uh, for the moment I won't ask you to come up again but let's just spend a, a moment just a few seconds in our own heads just saying sorry to God for any of the ways that we think we might have contributed to damaging the world just a, a quick moment to just reflect on that and say sorry to God for that. thank you for the amazing and beautiful world that you have given us and for all the things that we've written down and the things that we've thought that we are thankful for and we are sorry for the ways that we haven't cared for it as we should and I pray that in the rest of this service you would show us how we can care well for your world Amen I think I'm handing back to Tim
0: We are all connected with each other, where we are aware of events happening in other countries, it raises a question, who is my neighbour? Who is your neighbour? Jesus told a story to make this point. He talked about a man who was going for a walk, and uh, just out for a, a walk from one town to another. What he didn't realise was that he'd been spotted by a gang of thieves in the area, and they saw him as an easy target. So they jumped him. They took his money. They took his possessions. And just for the fun of it, they beat him up and left him in a bad way by the side of the road. He was there for some time before he heard some footsteps. And to his relief, the man coming down the road was a priest. Thank you, Lord. A man of God who's going to rescue me," he said. The priest came, saw the guy by the side of the road, hesitated, and then walked on. God, I couldn't believe it. But he lay there for however long, much longer. And another man came along the road. This time it was a temple servant. God, thank you. I don't know what was wrong with that priest, but this again is one of your servants. I'm going to be okay now. The temple servant didn't even hesitate. He'd seen the guy in the distance, fixed his eyes on the road ahead, and went straight past him, ignoring him, pretending he hadn't seen. The guy lay there longer and longer. And then in the distance, he saw another person coming. But this time, it was a Samaritan. Now, all his life, he had hated and feared and despised Samaritans. That was the last person on earth he wanted to see. God, I'm a dead man, he said now. But to his surprise, the Samaritan stopped and bandaged him up. Samaritan hated the sight of blood. You can see the expression on his face. But he stopped and and tidied up his wounds, put bandages on him. He put the guy on his own donkey while the Samaritan walked the rest of the way to the nearest inn. And there he he gave some money to the innkeeper and said, Take this man, look after him. If what I've given you isn't enough, I will pay you more next time I come back. So who's your neighbour? It's the person you don't know. It's the person in need. The person you don't like, really. But Jesus said, love your neighbour as you love yourself. We're going to sing When I Needed a Neighbour. Were you there?
2: moments ago, that um, I work for an organization called Tear Fund, which I'm sure many of you will know about because you have two wonderful people, Lou and Alison, in your church who also work there. And at Tear Fund, one of the things that we do is uh, we talk to uh, people all over the world about um, how we can care for God's world and how we can put things right when we haven't. Why do we do that? Well, as we've heard, the world is amazing and it's God's gift to us. And he calls us to look after it. But the other reason is that when we don't look after the world, people get hurt as well. The story we heard uh, just now um, talked about a man who was hurt. And about two people who chose not to help him. And one person who did help him. Even though it would have cost him in time and money and money. And Inconvenience. And Jesus told this story to answer the question, Who is my neighbour? And what does loving them look like? If we were to apply the story today and think about who our neighbours are and how we might love them, perhaps we might think about helping someone at school who's being picked on, or uh, visiting an elderly neighbour who's lonely or ill. Or we might think about donating food to a food bank to help people in our own area who don't have enough food. And this is a wonderful array of food that um, you've all brought in um, today. But I wonder how much we think about people in other parts of the world, how they're suffering and how we might need to help them. They're our neighbors too, and some of them are hurting because of the way that the world has been damaged and not been looked after. One of the results of us not looking after the world, as one clever chap over there mentioned earlier, is climate change. The climate is changing, and that's mainly because of human activities, and it means the earth is getting warmer. And among other things, this causes more rain and more floods and more droughts and more storms. And this means more people going hungry because they can't grow food or they're becoming homeless because storms have destroyed their homes. People like Korotimu, who hopefully we're going to see on the screen. This is Korotimu. She lives in a country in West Africa called Mali with her husband and her children. Because of climate change, they now have more rain and more floods uh, during the rainy season and more heat waves during the hot season. And that means they no longer have abundant harvests with all the produce that we've seen uh, in our display this morning. And Korotimu is a vegetable seller. So that makes her job much harder because she can't grow enough vegetables to be able to sell them and make money for her family. According to Jesus, loving our neighbours includes loving people like Korotimu, who lives miles away. What can we do to help someone like her, who we will never meet? Well, there's a few things, and we'll come back to it in more detail uh, when I talk more to the adults in a bit. But we can give money to charities that help people in other parts of the world. We can think about how we live. And the choices we make. And do what we can to look after the world. Because that helps people in other parts of the world as well. And we're going to be doing another activity in a minute that will help us think more about that. And we can pray. And thankfully, because of people's gifts of money and their prayers, a partner of Tear Funds was, was able to help Korotimu and her family. And they now have a garden of their own where they can grow vegetables. And some of those are for the families to eat so that they can stay healthy, but some of them they can sell so they can make an income for their family. But There are lots of other people who need help and prayers so that they can have abundant harvests as well. Lots of other people like Koratimu. So let's just close with a quick prayer for people like Koratimu who need help to be able to grow enough food let's remember them. Father, we thank you for Koratimu. Thank you that she now has her own garden, uh, that she can grow food in to feed her family and to make an income as well. And we pray for all those across the world who are not in that position and who need help to be able to grow food so they can survive and so they can have a livelihood. We pray that you would show us how we can help them too. Amen.
0: Thank you, Jane. It's brilliant that distance is not a barrier to God's love. We thank God for Tear Fund working in other parts of the world to help people like Timu. Here in Horsham, people are beginning to struggle increasingly with making ends meet. We thank God for Horsham Matters here, the way in which they run the food bank. I know some of you have brought gifts for a Harvard display. Everything on the harvest display will go to Horsham Matters to their food bank including the fresh produce, which is what people want these days. So if you brought something to harvest, you'd like to bring it ticket on the front, on the table, on the chairs, please feel free to do so. If you've got a gift, please bring it forward at this point in time. Thank you. We will help you uh, put it on, on the display. Water Matters will say that demand for the food bank is increasing and it looks like it's gonna get worse across this winter. And uh, whereas during the pandemic people were very generous in terms of giving to the food bank, that initial kind of generosity is wearing off now. So they are faced with massively increased demand and dwindling supply of giving. So thank you so much for bringing these gifts today. They will all go to people who are struggling to make ends meet to help them cope across these coming weeks. So thank you for your generosity Thank you for loving your neighbour in this way. We really appreciate it. Bless you. So God, you are Lord of the harvest. Thank you for every good thing we see on this table in front of us, things that you have supplied. Thank you that we have enough to be able to share and be generous. We recognise that the resources you've given are unevenly distributed and that is down to us not down to you. Thank you that in a small way, by giving gifts, we could be part of a solution rather than part of the problem today. So bless Ocean Matters and through them, bless families in need in these coming weeks. Thank you that we've been able to love our neighbour by bringing these gifts this way this morning. Amen.
2: Okay, activity number two. So I said earlier that we can make a difference to people like Korotimu and others who are hurting in different parts of the world, including in our own local area, by the way that we live and the choices that we make, and particularly by doing what we can not to make climate change worse. But I wonder how much you know about the impact that different daily or other activities have on the environment. To be a bit scientific for a minute, this is generally measured in terms of what are called greenhouse gas emissions that different activities produce, the sort of measure of uh, the impact that they have on the environment. So we're going to learn a bit about that now, about the different impact that different activities have. And for this, I could do with maybe two or three people to come and help me. Would anyone like to come and help? On then in three. Or maybe just have a have a couple of beans as well, and that'd be great. Thank you. That's fine, we can have five, no problem. Great. Okay, so on this table I have got representations in some way of I think nine different activities or different things. I'll tell you what they are in case you can't see them, but hopefully we might be able to zoom in on them on the screen. So we have got a pint of milk, a glass of water. Pretend there's some water in it. Uh, what's this? Can you tell me what that is? A remote? It is. It's somebody watching television. Very good. What have we got yeah, here? A
4: cheese. Yeah. What's this? Uh,
2: a, a cheese. Uh, cheeseburger with lettuce and tomatoes. That's right. A cheeseburger. Whose bag is this? It's mine. good. Clearly not to scale some of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So so the phone, this would be using the impact of using a smartphone for the year is what we're thinking about. Um, what was that? No, yeah, taking a bath. Uh, not specifically a racing car. It was just what I happened to have at home. Any car. A tank of petrol actually is, is what that represents. And the plane represents a, uh, a, a return flight from London to Rome. Do any of you know where Rome is? Yes. Where's Rome? In Rome. Yes. It is indeed in Rome. <laughs> it's in a country called Italy, which is in Europe. It would be about two hours away on a plane. Yes? I've been on a plane from, from, from Horsham to Egypt. You were from Horsham, did yeah, you? Think wow, amazing. <laughs> so, we've got these nine activities or things each of which has some sort of impact on the environment. And what I would like you four to do, and we won't take too long, so just go with your instinct, is to put them in the order that you think from the least harmful on the environment this end to the most harmful on the environment that end. So you'll have to have maybe a little bit of discussion amongst yourselves, see what you think, and then at the end I'll tell you if you're right. Ideally, without smashing anything. <laughs> okay, so the correct order is, in fact, a pint of tap water. You'll be pleased to know, has a very low carbon impact. Followed by an hour watching TV. If anybody wants to know the actual detail, come talk to me afterwards. But I won't. Uh, I won't blind you with the science of it now. Followed by taking a bath. Of cow's milk, producing a pint of cow's milk, actually very similar, very similar carbon footprints taking a bath. Four ounce cheeseburger, about three times as much as the pint of milk. Producing a pair of jeans, about four times as much as the cheeseburger. Using a smartphone for a year, about three times as much as the jeans. A tank of petrol, about three times as much as the phone. And the return flight from London to Rome, Somewhere over here, in terms of the carbon impact. Yeah, flying uh, does have a big impact, unfortunately. Drinking water doesn't. So yeah, jeans, jeans, yeah, fairly fairly carbon intensive, but not as much not as much as some of these other things here. So yeah, when I first did that activity, I was quite surprised. I definitely learned a lot. So hopefully you have too. Thank you very much for your help. Do you go and take a seat?
0: In the little tray in front, in the chair in front of you, where we normally put hymn books or Bibles or things, you will find an acorn. If you're sitting in the front row, it will be under your chair. If you're sitting in the balcony, on the front, there is an acorn. There is a box of acorns in that corner of the balcony if you want to grab one. Can I invite you just to take your acorn and to hold it for a moment, please? There are acorns here. You, you, you nature experts, what kind of tree do you get out of an acorn? Oak tree. Thank you. Come with the oak tree up, please. That's amazing. These things are power-packed. They are amazing. A tiny little acorn this size has the potential in it to grow into a massive tree that size. Who'd have thought of That's part of the miracle of creation, part of the wonder of the world we live in. We've thought on that table about how little things that we do have a massive impact in terms of their carbon footprint. So just be aware of the little things that you do that can make a big difference if you don't do them. Just be aware. Of, if we all did something different, that would have a big impact on the world. Just be aware that things we do without even thinking about them, using the phone, wearing jeans driving down the road using a tank of petrol, has a massive impact upon the world. But the image works in another way as well. Because Jesus said, you know if you have faith the size of a a grain of mustard seed, you could say to that tree, be uprooted and planted in the midst of the sea, and it would do it. Because our prayers, insignificant and tiny as they may seem, actually can have an impact out of all proportion to their size. When we pray, it's like we're planting a little acorn. And the answer to that prayer, when it comes, can be massive, like a huge oak tree. So acting responsibly means not doing stuff that causes a massive amount of damage. Acting in a Christian way means praying, trusting that our little prayers can make a big difference in other parts of the world, for the people and situations we pray for. Now, some of you guys have got prayers. They're numbered. Can I invite you to come out and line up in order because we've got pictures to go with your prayers. And if you're not in the right order, the pictures aren't going to match. Uh, so one, two, three, four, five, six, I think was it. Six prayers. And um, can we have the microphone, please? Thank you, it's right there, okay. And can I invite you to read your prayers in order, please? Number one.
4: We, loving God, we thank you for the gift of creation you have made in interconnected world of wondrous beauty. We pray for your guidance as we accept the role of caring for all that you have given us. God, we pray that you will help us to understand fully the impact our decisions have on the environment, no matter how big or small they may be. We thank you, Father, for the trees of the earth and all that they provide. The wood for the houses, we build the food that we eat, the air that we breathe, and we pray that you would help us care for the trees and use our resources. We pray for the soil of the earth and the organisms that live in it. We may continue to find the ways to keep it healthy and produce and productive. We ask with your blessings that soil will continue to nourish all that grows in it, including the crops of our fields. We pray to you for... We pray... To your for, uh, for the water that we drink and the water that nature's all living things except the fish, please help us keep water sources clean for people all around the world. We pray for all species that struggle to survive in the developing world. We thank you, Father, for all the animals on earth. We ask that you will guide us as we watch over them, protect them, and help them to thrive.
0: Amen. Thank you all very much indeed. Thank you. You can sit down. Great, thank you. And we pray to a God who reigns over all the earth. So we're going to sing, over all the earth you reign... On high. And the implication is that if God reigns on high, we want Him to reign in our hearts and make a difference to how we live our lives as well. So let's stand and sing over all the earth.
2: for us uh, as a church, uh, which makes such a difference in enabling us to do the work we do, so thank you for that. Um, If you don't know Tear Fund, uh, we're a a Christian um, development charity um, working in more than 50 countries around the world um, with a vision to see an end to extreme poverty. We do disaster relief work and we work alongside local churches and organisations to help communities overcome the worst effects of poverty. We also do advocacy, uh, that's the area I work in, which is about tackling uh, the root causes of poverty uh, and and injustice by influencing um, decision makers um, on relevant issues. So today we're thinking about environmental sustainability and the climate crisis. One of the defining challenges, if not the defining challenge of our generation. And something that's particularly relevant on the day we celebrate harvest and see this amazing array of harvest goodies in front of us. And something that's central um, to Tier Fund's work. So why do we work on sustainability and the climate crisis at Tierfund? And why do we think it's something that Christians should care about? Well, we've touched on this in our service already, of course, but firstly it's out of love for the world that God's made. The Bible tells us that God is a creative God who's made a beautiful world that he cares deeply about and that reflects his character. And the psalm that we heard and the songs that we've sung have pointed to this. The Bible is clear that the whole of creation, plants, animals, and people matter to God. But we can see how badly we have damaged the world, that the ways that we live and work and consume have pushed creation to breaking point. We're not doing a very good job the world that God's entrusted to us. And as we heard earlier, one of the results of this is climate change. Among other things, this is causing more frequent and extreme floods, droughts and storms. We're beginning to experience some of the impacts ourselves in the UK, aren't we? Just a few weeks ago, we were in the midst of the hottest summer that we've had in decades. But it's the poorest that it hit the hardest. And that's the second reason that Tearfund works and campaigns on sustainability and the climate crisis of love for our neighbours across the world. I'm going to read you a quote um, from a Christian climate scientist called Catherine Hayhoe that explains a bit more about this. She said this, she says, the reason we care about a changing climate is because each temperature increase, like the first domino in a row of dominoes, kicks off a series of interconnected impacts and events that affect all of us around the world affect the poorest and most vulnerable more than any. She then says, climate change is a threat multiplier. It takes all the other issues that affect people, issues of poverty, hunger, lack of education, healthcare, and makes them worse. If we don't tackle climate change, she says, these issues will just keep getting worse. And Sadly, we are seeing millions of people across the world who have lifted themselves out of poverty over the last 50 years, being pushed back into it because of the climate crisis. Right now, as I'm sure you're aware, the Horn of Africa is experiencing the driest conditions and the hottest temperatures since record-keeping began. Countries like Ethiopia and Kenya had virtually no rain for three rainy seasons in a row, and now more than 20 million people are growing hungry as a result. Conversely, in Pakistan, we've seen a third of the country being underwater following the worst flooding they've ever seen. Hundreds of people have been killed, and millions more affected by it somewhere. And horrifyingly, some poorer countries are now having to divert money away from healthcare and education and other essential uh, resources uh, to address the impacts of climate change. And these are generally the countries that did the least to cause it in the first place. If we carry on as we are, something like 130 million uh, more people will be pushed into poverty by the end of this decade. It can all seem a bit remote, can't it? So I, I want to show you um, a video um, of a colleague of mine, uh, Norman Molina, um, who's talking about how the climate crisis affects his country of Honduras. It's just a couple of minutes long, but hopefully you are going to see that now.
3: I'm, um, I'm from Honduras, Central America. The effects of climate change are huge. The strongest evidence is that Levels of poverty are rising. Honduras, Central America, almost 60% of our population is, is living in poverty. Migration, waves of people trying to move up north, especially to find uh, livelihoods, make a living, because mostly of, of climate change. Fishing communities, you know, they have a small restaurant they, and they cook the fish and they sell fish for living. These communities don't exist anymore because the water levels have have increased in ways that have made communities, entire communities disappear. Rain has become a threat. Uh, our hearts start pumping very fast and our minds start creating stories and we feel traumatized by it. Every time I hear rain, there is this fear of what's going to happen, which is sad because rain in the bible for us rain it's it's, it's a sign of, of blessing of of life of crops and 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 growth and sadly because of, of the damage and the vulnerability that we have in our in our countries rain has become a threat so last year uh, we had two hurricanes that caused huge damage especially in the north uh, coast of Honduras two hurricanes in one weekend between Not even in my wildest dream. I never imagined having that. More than 4 million people affected by these two hurricanes, more than 100,000 people in shelters. It's funny that climate change, for example, it's it's not one of the things that we contribute the most in the region, like Central America especially. However, we are the ones that um, are affected the most. Central America is one of the most, if not the most affected uh, or uh, most vulnerable. Uh, area to climate change. We are brothers and sisters in all this. Uh, We belong to a global community. What you decide to do and the decisions that the powerful people decide to make has an effect on us. And if these decisions are positive, um, it will be good for us. But if we continue this pattern of exploitation and destruction and going beyond the limits of the planet, maybe you will not feel it, but we will feel it.
2: The most in what Norman shared. I've seen that film uh, a number of times now, and I think for me it, it's, it's something different every time. I think what he says about rain being a threat uh, instead of a blessing, and obviously the reminder that uh, the way that we all live and the decisions that we choose to make have an impact not just on the people immediately around us, but on people much further away. So in the parable that we looked at today, the story that we heard, Jesus is asked, um, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And his answer is, we must love our neighbours. And he's then asked a second question in, in, uh, in Luke's um, version in the Bible, um, who is my neighbour? And uh, in, in the Bible passage in Luke, um, Luke tells us this isn't a genuine question, the questioner is trying to uh, to justify himself, to get himself off the hook. But it's in response um, to this question and the motivations behind it, and that Jesus shares um, this most famous of stories that we heard earlier. An unidentifiable man is left to the dead on the side of the road. Two religious leaders walk by on the other side, and many have theorised about why they might have done that. But whatever the reasons, the priests and the Levites chose not to be inconvenienced. They chose to stick to their plans, not to be disrupted, not to risk their own safety, or comfort. And in a sermon on this passage, um, Martin Luther King Jr., the uh, Baptist minister and uh, civil rights leader, explains it like this. He says, the first question the priest and the Levite, the two religious leaders, ask is, what will happen to me? And they found plenty of excuses not to stop and help. Then along comes the Samaritan. He reverses the question and asks himself, if I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? Martin Luther King goes on to say, this is the question each of us should be asking in our own lives. Not the question of the priest or the Levites, the question of what will happen to our own security or wealth or comfort or convenience or anything else. But if I don't help, what will happen to them? The message of the parable is that the love of God should lead us into a deep love for our neighbours, near and far. And loving our neighbours in radical and generous ways and seeking justice and, and restoration for their, uh, their physical and their spiritual well-being is what our love for God should look like. Jesus challenges the, the expert in the law who asked the question, but all of us who read this parable today, will we love God and love our neighbour? Not considering the cost to ourselves, but choosing to be interrupted by the suffering of others. And in the context of what we're thinking about today, will we, as Christians and as the Church, stand with and support those who are being pushed deeper into poverty by climate change? At Tear Fund, we seek to stand with and support people impacted by climate change, firstly by working with communities in the worst affected countries to help them adapt. I've already spoken about Korotimo, so I'll just share um, one other quick example um, from Malawi. Now, let's see if I can get to it. There we go. Um, where harvests have been severely affected uh, by changes in weather patterns and especially by less um, rainfall. Uh, Tier Fund uh, run, run a project um, to train nearly 200 people on um, climate smart agriculture, so um, farming in a, in a way that is more resilient um, to changes in climate. Uh, and also trained um, 150 people on beekeeping. And you can see on the screen some of the people um, who took part in this training. So as a result, these communities can now farm in a way that's more resilient to changing weather, and they've also now got an alternative source of income. And I could share lots of stories like this. But it's also important to tackle the reasons that these things are happening, and not just the immediate needs. And another way that that Tier Fund seeks to tackle the climate crisis is through advocacy, trying to influence um, decision makers to change the systems that are making climate change worse in the first place. And I'll say more um, in a moment about how you can be involved with one of our current um, advocacy campaigns. But what about us? What can we do to tackle um, such a huge challenge? And how can we show love? for our global neighbours, for whom harvest time is no longer a time of abundance and thanksgiving, but of scarcity and fear. I'm going to highlight a few ideas before I close, because I think there is a lot we can do. I think there is hope that this, the, the situation that is happening at the moment can change. And I'm, just a heads up, I'll be sharing some website links if you want to have a phone or a notebook ready and to write them down. So as a church, I know you're involved in the eco-church initiative, which is brilliant. And that's a a really fantastic way um, to look at your impacts um, and opportunities across um, all aspects of church life um, and identify where you can make changes. And I'm I'm sure that the people um, in this church who are organising that would be grateful of any extra pairs of hands or people who'd like to be involved in that. I've been doing it in in my church for a number of years now, um, and it's been a really fantastic way of... um, bringing about some really positive changes, but also just raising awareness across the church. So I really uh, commend that to you. Uh, another tool I'd like to commend is the uh, Climate Emergency Toolkit, which is um, up on the screen now. Uh, this complements um, Church really well. Um, in a nutshell, it, it supports and guides um, churches to talk about the climate crisis, to plan their response, um, and to engage their communities. So, yeah, as I say, that's a couple of screenshots and the website um, on the screen, if that's of interest to you. On an individual level, as we've heard through that activity that we did, we can make a difference through how we live. I think the most impactful things that we can do are flying less or not at all, switching to a renewable energy supplier and eating less (coughs) meat, especially beef. They're They're the big things. But there's lots of other things we can do as well. We can take steps to reduce our energy consumption and I imagine many of us might be thinking about that at the moment anyway. We can reduce our waste, we can think about our purchasing choices, both buying less and choosing to buy uh, ethically, locally and second hand where we can. This isn't about feeling guilty every time we turn the kettle on or go to the shops. But we do need to start somewhere. So can I encourage you to identify one change that you could make today and then keep challenging yourself to go further? As we've heard already, if enough people do it, it does make a difference and it's part of our worship to God as well. Secondly, we can speak up by calling on our leaders to take more urgent action on climate change. And I'd like to quickly outline a way that you can do that now. So back in 2009, uh, the governments of the UK and um, other richer countries um, promised to collectively provide uh, $100 billion of financial support to lower income countries each year, countries that were particularly um, struggling even at that time because of climate change. And the idea of this money was to help them adapt to the impacts that they were feeling and invest in a sustainable future, and it provided hope to millions of people who were impacted. Uh, by the climate crisis. The money was meant to be provided from uh, 2020 onwards, but it still hasn't been fully delivered. And in the meantime, the impacts are getting worse, and it's people in poverty who are having to shoulder the financial burden of a crisis that they didn't cause. As you'll know if you were here yesterday and if you met my colleague Sarah, um, Tier Fund is uh, running a campaign on this this year, uh, calling on world leaders to finally deliver on this promise. And uh, On your seats, um, you should find a card. Um, if you open it up, um, you'll see there's space for you to sign a petition um, calling on world leaders to fulfil this pledge. So There's space for you to add your details. Uh, it's fairly easy to do, doesn't take, doesn't take a minute, but it can make a big difference um, to help uh, keep the pressure up. We're hoping to collect uh, thousands of, of signatures to this petition. Um, we've been running it for a few months now. We're hoping to collect uh, thousands more signatures in the next few weeks in the run-up to uh, the United Nations climate talks in November and be able to present that petition to uh, the UK Government and to other world leaders there. So please do take a minute before you leave and sign that if you possibly can. Um, and. Uh, give it to me or leave it on your seat or give it to you maybe um, on the way out. That would um, really help to keep the pressure up. And thirdly, of course, we can pray. The most powerful and impactful and important thing that we can do. We can pray for those impacted by the climate crisis. We can pray for our leaders to recognise the need for bold and urgent action. And we can pray for the church to step up and play its part. Climate change can seem like quite a big and overwhelming thing to pray for. So if you oh, that's the petition. Um, If you uh, would like uh, guidance and, and inspiration and help to pray about it, then you can sign up um, to receive prayer points um, from Tier Fund directly to your phone every couple of weeks. Um, the instructions are on the screen now, and I'll leave them up there if that's something that you would find helpful. Obviously, the, you know, the most important and significant way um, that we can make a difference on this issue let's pray now as we close Father thank you once again for the beautiful world that you have gifted to us and for our neighbours across the world we pray for those who are hurting and suffering today because of the climate crisis and because of the ways that your world has been damaged. And we pray, Lord, for world leaders as they meet in a few weeks' time at the climate talks. We pray that they will take decisions that really make a difference for people in poverty around the world. pray that they will be moved by justice and compassion. And we pray for your church here in Horsham, here in the UK, and across the world. That you would show us what our part is in creating a a fairer and more equal world where everyone can thrive. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Bless you, Jane. Thank you. We're going to close by singing May the Peace of God, uh, Heavenly Father. And after we've done that and said the grace together, perhaps that slide about how you can pray could go back on the screen, please. Thank you.